This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. It's good to be with you this morning, studying in Genesis chapter two, verses four through six. And in some ways, this would be a passage that you just run right over and not think about it, not consider it, and really not even probably even see the understanding, see the the things that God is trying to say here. But I want to just show it to you because it just, it opens the door to possibilities, to ideas, to things out there that sometimes Christians want to be very dogmatic about. And I am very dogmatic where the Bible is dogmatic. And what I mean by that, a very hardcore about things that the Bible is clear clearly hardcore about, and then things that the Bible leaves open to, it doesn't directly address, or it doesn't directly tell us. It's hard to be dogmatic when God had every opportunity, every opportunity to tell me something, and then he didn't tell me that. He didn't, that was not something that he thought was important to directly address and, or give me any indication of. And I I just try to, when I'm studying, especially the book of Genesis, because that's where everything begins. I just try to uh, make sure that when I'm studying the word and when I'm looking at what God says in scripture, I try to make sure that I'm not being overwrought over things that quite clearly scripture is not being overwrought about. And it says here, and remember the verses that we did yesterday, is God rested and it was over. He completed. The word for rest even means to bring to completion. He completed everything that he was doing. And we have a transition. Uh, We have a change here. In verse 4 of chapter 2, God is going to change in the way he he is speaking about his creation. Some people call it a second creation account, and I've called it that also. But what it really is, it's really, it's going to change and it's going to, it's going to show us, uh, it's going to show us some of the things that God did as the Lord God, or we're going to begin to see Jehovah God and Jehovah God is Jesus. It's now not from the Jehovah's Witness way of thinking about things, but Jehovah God is Jesus. And, and Elohim that has been creating everything is God the Father. And so when we get to this passage, uh, it indicates some things that, that you can just look at, consider, think about, and it may actually open your eyes to seeing that God has been at this work and doing what he's been doing for a lot longer or more in depth than you ever imagined. It says in verse four, this is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Okay. Now you need to understand that first of all, if you go back to chapter two, if you go, if you, if you, if you go back to chapter one and look at verse one, the very first verse in the, in scripture, if you, if you 
I'm pulling it up. I can't believe I, I left it. If you look at the very first, it says, in the beginning, God barad the heaven and the earth. So when you flip over here, it says, this is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created, all right? Now, God barad the heaven and the earth out of nothing. He created the, he created the heavens and the earth from nothing. He is the one who, when people ask you, where does matter come from? It comes from God. God is the one who initiated everything and created the heavens and the earth. And it says here, this is the history. But that word for history is a very unique word. It is toledoth, and it means generations. It is literally, it is the word that is used all the time in Scripture. It is the word for the generations or the genealogies. It's the word that's used for every genealogy in the Old Testament. And we're going to come across the genealogy in, in not too distant future in, in a few chapters. And it is the word for that. So he says, this is the genealogy of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Wow. All right. It says in Genesis chapter one, it says in Genesis chapter one that God barad or created or Elohim created out of meaning. He he made it ex nihilo is the word out of he, he just made it. He made it whole cloth. And if you'll remember, I, I use that word. I use that word over and over again because barad is only create is only attributed to God in Genesis. It's the only word, it is the only word that is created, that is attributed to God in, in, in creation. If you use the word Barah, it always has God as the noun and it's the verb. And so it is always attributed to God. Notice it says here in Genesis chapter two, which is, which is very important. It says, this is the generations or the genealogy of the heavens, meaning the heavens and the earth have a genealogy, meaning they have generations. They have some people call some certain things dispensations or dispensationalist. That's an idea. It's a, it, these are the times of the heavens and the earth when they were barad in the day the Lord God now, uh-oh, we ha we're having another actor on the scene. We're not talking about Elohim. Yeah, that Now, remember, God has many names, and those names, all, every one of those names, every one of those names that God has speaks to an aspect of his character or an aspect of who he is. And remember, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are the three persons of God. When you look at that, and when you read that, he said he created that when in the day or in, in the... Uh, and the, the generations when the when they were created in the day that the Lord Jehovah God made the earth and the heavens, and that word "made" is a wholly different word. It's it's a whole different idea. The word "made" there is "asaw," and it means to form or to craft. Okay, it means to form or to craft. And uh, I'm seeing some people are having a little bit of trouble watching. If you'll just, the Bible, late 
community church. I think that's Ryan telling y'all to, to bring it down and then come back up and it'll work. It'll work well. All right. Let me go back to what we we're talking about. This is the generation of the heavens, the earth, when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the heavens and the earth. All right. What does that mean, Chad? It's very important principle that you need to understand because it is identifying the roles that the Godhead play in creation and well, in life and everything else, okay? What, it, what are those roles? The Father, by his own will and by his own word, speaks things into existence. And he speaks his will out, and he tells us what his will is. And that happens throughout Scripture. The Heavenly Father is always bringing—he is the will of God. And I've already told you, and we're going to talk about this tomorrow, we are the will of of ourselves. Our soul is our will. It's the aspect of us, our passions and our intellect that bring about our mind, who we are and who do we desire to be. Okay. So when we think, when you think about yourself, it, you have this physical body, but the truth is the true you is your mind and your heart, your passions and your intellect. And that's who you really are. And that's who people fall in love with, thank God, because as we get older, our bodies die. But who we actually are on the inside, that, that phrase, she's beautiful on the inside or he's a good person on the end, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about the person's will, that who they really are, the aspect of who we are. And interestingly enough, that's the part of us that God really loves. He says, your soul hath, hath I love. And he says that several times in the Old Testament. He says, I love your soul. I love who you are on the inside. That's the person that I really care about. That's the person that, that matters to me. And so God the Father is the will of God. Now, God the Son is the Godhead at work in creation. God the Son is the physical manifestation of God. I'm using ideas, these terminologies to explain who Jesus is. He is God in the flesh. He's God come as man. He's, he's, he is God uh, manifest to us. He's God come to us so that we can see him. He is, he is God with us. He's God physically in our presence. And when the God the Father said, spoke the heavens and the earth and the creation, who is it that came about and actually did the fashioning of the heavens and the earth? It was Jesus. And he did that over gen generations, or there were generations or seasons or times. There were times and seasons. There were generations of the heavens and the earth, and Jesus was the one creating them. And we're going to see Jesus forming man, and we're going to see Jesus, the Lord God, walking with man in the garden in the cool of the evening. And we're going to see we're going to see Jesus as an angel come to speak to Abraham, and we're going to see Jesus in the burning bush speaking to Moses, and we're going to see Jesus as the commander of the Lord's host talking to Joshua, and we're going to see if you if from now on we're going to see Jesus as physically here on the earth in the pre-incarnate form, meaning before he came as a man, but he's going to come in the flesh in physical form, and he's going to he's going to interact with his creation. And the way that works is this is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created, Barad, that's speaking of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, when God made the heavens and the earth, how did he create them? Out of nothing. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, and the Lord God is Asan. He's forming, he's fashioning the heavens and the earth according to the will of God. 
Just like when he was a man on earth, he said, I don't do my own will. Does Jesus have his own will? Sure he does. Does the Holy Spirit have his own will? Sure he does. But those wills are always submitted to the will of the Father. They're always submitted to the will of the Father. Now, if you think about it, in Scripture, it quite clearly indicates that your flesh has a separate will than your soul or your heart and your mind. We know that. And your new human spirit that God places in you when you're born again, it has a whole separate will. Its will is totally in line with the Father's will. It's perfect will. That perfect will is inside of you, and it is speaking, teaching, growing, living with your soul and your mind, which has its own will. Sometimes it chooses to walk with God. Sometimes it chooses to hear God, trust God, walk by faith. Sometimes it chooses its own will in its own way, and we wander off from God. And then we know that our flesh is always trying to do evil. It's just totally evil all the time. It has its own will. Our physical desires, the lust of the eye, the lust of the uh, body, those things always are going away from God, chasing after God. So you can see even in us, we have three separate wills that work in us because we're made in the image of God. We're made in his likeness. And But God the Father, he doesn't have three separate wills working against each other. He has three wills, two of them that are submitted to the primary or supreme will of the Father. Whew, that was a lot of stuff to say, wasn't it? That was a whole, that was a whole lot of stuff to say in just, just a few short, quick minutes. He said, and God made the earth and, and the heavens. Then verse 2, 5 says, before any plant on the field was in the earth and before any herb on the field had grown, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth and no man that there was is actually not in the Hebrew. It says, and no man to till the ground. So God did this before anything happened. What it is trying to say is that the Lord God fashioned and formed the earth and the heavens before there was any life on the earth. He is the source of the life. He's the one that brought the life about. He's the one that brought the life into being. He is the source of the life. And it's explained to you that God, God, God the Son, the physical manifestation of God, may he fashioned the heavens and the earth according to the will of the Father. And when he did that, there was no life on the earth, which means, which means there was a time when there wasn't life on the earth. You just need to understand that. There was a time when there wasn't life on the earth. We don't know how long it was. Like like we said in Genesis 1-2, we don't know. Could it have been a long time? Sure. Could it have been a millisecond? Absolutely. Does the Bible tell us? No. But the Bible does tell us this. The Bible does tell us this. It says this is the generations of the heaven and the earth when they were barred by the Father in the day that the Lord made the earth and the heavens, in the day, in the time period that the Lord made the heavens and the earth when he was forming and in fashion. I don't know what that time period is, and I can't tell you what that time period is, and I'm not going to be dogmatic about what that time period is. I don't know what it is. And it's quite clear in Scripture that God didn't just want to tell us exactly what the time period was from the time he spoke the heavens and the earth into existence until he started making seed-bearing plants on the earth when he did that in day three. I don't know when that happened. And I can't tell you when that happened or day four. I can't remember. I had to look back real quick. But I, I don't know that. And so I can't give you any idea uh, about that time period. And until I know for sure, till Scripture tells me exactly for sure, I can't be dogmatic about it either. And so many times you say, well, how long did it take God to reform the heavens and the earth after it became 
formless and void in chapter two. But it only took him six days to do that. I, you know how I know that? Because it says six days. I can tell that. I know that's how long it was after it became formless and void. And we know that God didn't make it formless and void. After it became formless and void, we already talked about that. I don't know how long it took after that. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you on that. All right. So he says, before any plow and field was on the earth and before any herb or field had grown, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth and there was no man to till the ground. Meaning he was saying there's no life on the earth. When I this when verse four is going on, there's no life on the earth. Okay. What does that mean? Not sure, but that's what it means. He's telling us that. He's giving us that information. He says, but a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And I love this word for mist because it means exhale. It literally means the breath out, to breathe out. And that is a neat word because it speaks to, I'm a big, y'all know I like to watch some really movies that have some have some great symbolism and significance. And uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the war, Wardrobe, where Aslan is the picture of Jesus, and he's the he's the lion in the movie, and uh, he, he uh, he's the one that the witch is ultimately afraid of and wants to kill, and ultimately does kill, but he doesn't ki she doesn't kill him because of her will. She kills him because Aslan gives himself up for those who have who've done wrong, who've rebelled against him. He gives them up. And the ones that the witch has turned to stone, they she's touched them with her with her rod and turned them to stone. After he is born again, after he's raised from the dead, the next morning, love the story. When he comes across creatures of stone, do you know how he brings them back to life? He breathes on them. He breathes on them. And you know what? When Jesus came up into the upper room and saw the disciples before Pentecost. And uh, they were up there and they saw him and they believed in the resurrected Christ. The Bible says in John and the gospel of John that he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. That breathing on them, that breath on them is a picture of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit at work. And notice it says, but there was a mist that went up because notice the Holy Spirit is at work also in God's creation. There's a mist that went up. It's the exhale of God. When God breathed out or spoke out the universe into existence, the Son formed it, but he formed it by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so even in Genesis chapter 2, we again see, we see in Genesis chapter 1, he says, let us make man in our own image. God's saying that there's many of us, and he formed them in his own image and in his own likeness. And then here in chapter 2, we see when the Lord God, rod or spoke it into existence out of nothing, and then the sun begins to form it. And then in verse six, it says, but a mist or an exhale went up from the earth and watered the whole earth and the face of the ground. See, the Holy Spirit is now at work again. He's now at work. He's now at work again, fixing and making and new. Remember in, in verse two, he was brooding over the sea and brooding over the deep because, because something had made it formless and void. And now in chapter two, he is watering. He is, he's nurturing God's creation, just like the Holy Spirit's doing right now with us. He's nurturing us. And we see again, right here in this history or this genealogy of the heavens and the earth or these times of God making the heavens and the earth. And before any life was on the earth, we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit again in verses four through six at work on the earth 
the Father willing, the Son forming, and the Holy Spirit bringing a nurturing life about. And that's what he does with us, isn't it? Isn't that what the Holy Spirit does with us? He's always, uh, isn't that what God does with us? He's always with us. He's always at work nurturing. He's always at the work giving us his will and his truth. And he's always at work. The, Jesus himself is always at work forming and fashioning our, us back into the image of God, back into the fullness of God, back into the power of God. But it's, st- it's still going on today. God's still at work in our lives, in his, in the way he is and who he is. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus name.